Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, open up with me to the 90th Psalm, Psalm 90. I've always felt like that hymn in this psalm, which that hymn is based on the psalm, as Nathan told you, uh, are really good reflections for a new year. I always like to be reminded, and so many of those verses there uh, just sort of hit a little differently, um, especially that fifth stanza there, time like an ever-rolling stream bears all its sons away. And indeed that is the case, and indeed this year we've seen uh, our fill of sickness and death in the world, and yet we recognize that God is still God, from everlasting thou art God to endless years the same. What a joy it's been over the last year, um, even though we're in a new one now, but over the last year, what a joy it's been to be your pastor. And uh, I've heard story after story from churches and pastors for whom this has been one of the worst years for their church. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I certainly do. For me, during this year, and it's not been a great one, it's not been fun for a lot of us, but this church has been a respite for me. Um, this is our home away from home anyway, whether we like it or not, and uh, we've liked it this year. It's been good for us each Lord's Day to get to, albeit from a distance and sometimes through masks or whatever else, but to see you and to know you and to just remember the fellowship we have here and to long for better days. And so this morning, as we look to this psalm, I'd like to think through what this last year's looked like for us as a church. And what the days, and then remind us of who we are and what we're here for, and then talk about the days to come. And we'll do that while gleaning wisdom from this beautiful psalm. And I'd like to read the whole thing if you'll bear with me. So if you would, please just stand with me out of reverence for the reading of the words of our God. Moses writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in such a way that as the words on this page are being read, God Himself is speaking to us. Beginning of verse 1, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, and in the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought an end to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath, and we bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength eighty, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants, 
Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Let's pray. Oh Lord, our God, we thank you so much for the gospel. And Lord, we thank you for this great word that we've heard here from Moses. And Lord, I pray even now that we will reflect on your goodness to our church. And God, that we will press forward in the mission you've given us in the years to come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. On January 6th, 2013, I was very nervous before I preached, and uh, because I was planning to preach a sermon from Luke chapter 18, verse 8, and it asks this question, the Lord does to the disciples, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I'm sure some of you were here that day and might remember that sermon, and the title of the sermon was, Will He Find Faith at First Baptist? And essentially what I said to you in that sermon was that I think the, the Lord's question to his disciples, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth, was a rhetorical question. And that for the church at large, it is a rhetorical question. But for us, it is not rhetorical. The, the question was and still remains, will we be a faithful, healthy, growing, thriving church? Will we do what the Lord has asked of us? Well, I feel different today than I did on January 6th, 2013. I have a different sort of feeling in my heart and a different feeling in my gut about the future of our church. And when I talk to many of you, I hear the same thing, that so many of us feel confident. We feel confident about the future of our church. We feel good about where the Lord is taking First Baptist Church. That's precisely how I feel. However, today I, I want to remind each and every one of us that we must keep watch. I think confidence is a good thing. I like confidence. Uh, I like to be confident when I can. And yet what we have to recognize is that there are temptations that come with confidence. That's even confidence about what the Lord's doing in your church. There are temptations. There are oftentimes attending sins. It's like we say whenever we're bringing someone on staff here. And we talk to them early on or I'll talk to them about, about um, their role here. And what I like to say is something like this. Hey, listen, if you weren't gifted, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You, you know you're gifted. I know you're gifted. You have the gifts that are needed here. My question is, how do you manage your exhaust? That's what I want to know. You know, a Ferrari doesn't get down the road very far if the exhaust is running in the window, Right? Eventually, things go bad for the driver. And that, that's what I want to ask folks. And that's what I want to know about us. Every, every good thing, every gift has its own sort of exhaust. It produces things. And so there are temptations. There are things that ride alongside confidence that we have to look and be careful about. One is apathy. One is apathy. You know, I, I sometimes fear that we might just get so comfortable with this place looking sort of like we want it to look and acting sort of like we want it to act that we become 
apathetic, that we lose our passion, that we lose the grit and determination that it's taken to get us where we are. We wouldn't be the first First Baptist Church to have that happen, to grow apathetic. It's easy for legacy institutions to grow cold. Another is pride. Another is pride. We see this, we see that, we see fresh paint going on places, we see long-needed repairs being made, we see little children running up the steps, we see signs of life and vibrancy, and we begin to go grow proud. Look at what we've done. Another temptation is just to become secular in our work. We're, we're so attuned and so passionate about being successful and about being confident that we become spiritually forgetful. We, we have to be careful to remember, and this is the main thing I want us to think about today, because this reality will cure many of the other ills, that God is what we're about. The Lord Jesus Christ is the center of this church, and that this beautiful stained glass and these beautiful buildings and all the great work that we do and all the money that we give and all the things that happen here amount to nothing. One day they'll be dust. They amount to nothing apart from the Spirit of God moving in this church. If the Lord isn't here, we don't need to be here. If we're not passionate about seeing God move, then we don't need to be here. If the future of First Baptist Church is not totally dependent and utterly riding on a movement of God, then we should pack it up, give all the money to the poor, and take it to the house. I'll go sell cars, figure something out. That's what we should do. But that's not our heart. That's not who we are. No, no, no. We're about God. We're about the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where we're going. We are coming from a place where God has sustained us. We are at a place where God has called us. And we are going to a place where God will lead us. And He will be faithful all the way, just as He has been. But we have to fight those temptations. And so this morning, I'm going to kind of give you a state of the church report as we glean wisdom from this wonderful psalm and as we think about God's providence in our church in its past, present, and future. I, I want to show you this morning three truths that I think will help frame for us where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Three truths that will help us be prepared for where God is taking us next. Here's the first point this morning. I, I, I want to encourage you today to praise God for His kind providence in the past. Praise God for His kind providence in the past. It's what Moses was leading the children of Israel to do. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. When we look at our past, when we look at these structures that have been erected here, when we look at all that's been done under the name of First Baptist Church of Gadsden, what we must remember is that from generation to generation, it is the Lord in whom we dwell. It is God who has sustained us. It is God who has brought us to this very moment. God's faithfulness and God's faithfulness alone. In more recent history, we can look and we can see the way that God has been so kind to our church. This year we've seen baptisms, we've seen new members. This year, just in my own personal life, I've seen inroads in evangelism and opportunities for evangelism 
while they haven't borne the fruit yet that I've wanted to see, nonetheless, I've had opportunities I never dreamed I would get this year to share the gospel with people I never dreamed I would get to share the gospel with. I, I learned recently that and I didn't even get to lead him to the Lord. He didn't even know I was a pastor here in Gadsden, and yet the first atheist I ever met in my life uh, became, came to faith in Jesus this year. And, and, and he and I went to high school together, and uh, so much of who I am as a pastor, and this is going to sound strange, uh, in my mind, I told him this at lunch one day, I said, in my mind all these years, I've been trying to come up with answers for you. And little did I know that he had found them and didn't even know. And he was Googling churches in Gadsden and found First Baptist Church and visited here several times. So I've seen the Lord doing things, not even necessarily through our church, but just God is at work. The Lord is at work and we get to be a part of that. And we've seen our church grow and, and we've seen evangelistic opportunities happen here in our church that, that I never could have dreamed of. The Lord's been so kind. And then we see not only the kindness of growth this year, but also the kindness of of ministry. Um, March, I think it was March 15th, um, was our first Sunday when we weren't here. And so I got to preach to an empty room, mostly empty. Some of you were here, and I don't want you to be offended. Uh, You know, some people were here. It was wonderful. Um, You know, it felt, I don't know, it felt like, uh, it felt like a holiday weekend. And, uh, and so anyway, we, we were here, and, um, that Sunday, I remember thinking, you know, we have ran our contingency plan every Sunday for 30 years. Because we're already on television, we're already on live stream, we're ready to go. And so what we were able to do, that was a, that Saturday, we, we came up here to the church, we had a sort of emergency staff meeting to plan things out, we were ready, uh, we were within a week able to go remote in our office, we were prepared for that, and our media ministry had prepared us so wonderfully so that they were able to handle all the live streaming stuff, while so many other churches, unfortunately, were having to s- scramble to figure out how to get the word to their people, we were already doing it. And by God's grace, we were able then to pivot as a church staff, and to pivot as a church toward reaching our community and serving our community and loving our community during those days. And so rather than sitting around wondering what we were going to do, we just started, we were able, by God's grace, just to do it. And then get after it in terms of loving our community. Did you know that at least, at least this year, First Baptist Church, this is just through our free feeding programs that we've been giving food away, at least 10,000 individuals or 4,000 households have been fed through the work of this church this year. Isn't that an amazing thing to consider? 10,000 individuals, at least 10,000 meals or 10,000 people. Now, some of those might be repeats, but nonetheless, we we don't know how to know that, but nonetheless, 10,000 individuals and 4,000 households have been reached through that. We've also had opportunities through volunteers and others to bless our community. Uh, there was a virtual school that was held here, and, and that was a blessing to our community. We've been able to feed the hospitals and do other things, reaching out to different businesses and first responders and people who are essential workers just to tell them Jesus loves you. And I don't know a better way to tell someone that Jesus loves them than with a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. I don't see Carter or Mackey here. I didn't hear a loud amen, so I think they're out today. So we've been able to bless our community through the ministries of this church. We've even in this year, this last year in 2020, seen the kindness of progress, 
Right now, we see much-needed refurbishments happening around our campus in different areas, in the church offices, on the steps. If, if you ever saw the carpet on the steps, they're wonderful. We're going to put them in the First Baptist Museum. Don't worry. We, we don't get rid of things that are that old here, and, uh, and so we're going to preserve it for future generations. And, and uh, uh, if you see the eaves and all these things that have needed to be worked on, here, here it's happening. We have new staff coming in just a few weeks to lead our student ministry. Cole Jordan, we're excited about that. Our current staff's doing an amazing job. You see the way that since we brought her on full-time, she's always doing, already doing wonderful, but Lydia's flourished so much in her full-time role. Woody and Nathan and our secretaries and our custodial staff, everyone is doing so much. And as Cole comes on board, we're preparing to pivot some of our roles even more to make sure that we're getting the most we can out of all that we have in our church staff. They're doing an amazing job. And that's not even to speak then of the kindness of the financial blessings that the Lord has poured on this church during this time. Um, somewhere in March, I started worrying. I don't know when it was, but it happened. And uh, I started thinking, you know, what, what, what do we do? What, what do we do? Um, I found the little Evernote file the other day where I was strategizing and thinking through ways that we could save money if we needed to. Ways that we could cut we needed to. This year's budget was a pretty significant, 2020's budget was a pretty significant increase over 2019's budget. It was about a 7% increase over 2019's budget. And we met 2020's budget. Uh, and then 2021's budget was another 6% increase over 2020's budget. We were kind of a little, you know, a little iffy on that. I, me personally, a little, little bit of trepidation. And this isn't in the chimes yet because we don't have all the final numbers, but I'll tell you, in 2020, we beat 2021's budget by about $5,000 already. And so we're on track to have the best financial year we've had as a church since at least 2008. And that's because there's probably still some money in the mail. We haven't, we haven't um, added it all up yet, but, but the Lord has poured out blessings on us. On, on top of that, your giving has... has uh, in unexpected ways, we've seen all sorts of donations for our food giveaways, for other things. Just people are blessing our church, and the Lord is blessing our church through so many ways. And the blessings are sometimes just unexpected. Just the other day, I, I, I received word the church got an anonymous donation, unrestricted, undesignated donation. Um, and the person who facilitated the gift came to me and said, uh, I think I'm going to make your day. And I said, okay, let's see. And uh, they said, the, the church has just received an anonymous, undesignated donation for $80,000. I said, you, you did make my day. You've succeeded. Or someone has, whoever it may be, who's been so generous. You know, I, I think back on some of the worries I had in March. And it's amazing to see the way that God has been overwhelmingly, exceedingly faithful. And you have been overwhelmingly, exceedingly faithful. We've not had to scale back. We've not had to throttle back. It's been a stunning year. We've met our missions goals. We've given to our building program. We've had legacy gifts that have made game-changing changes for our facilities. Where we're able to play offense. Our facilities are in our, our physical plants in the healthiest shape it's been in in decades. God is our help. Never, never would have dreamed 
I wouldn't pray. I would not. I would never, ever. I would feel guilty praying that God would randomly send us anonymously $80,000. I would feel guilty doing that. And yet the Lord did it. God is our help. And it's not ultimately due to us. It's not ultimately due to our leadership. It's not our works. It's not our glory. It is all for the glory of God. It's what we're here for. In the very moment that we lose sight of this, is the moment that our church will begin to drift toward irrelevance and ultimately death. This place belongs to the Lord. This church belongs to the Lord. I may be the little s shepherd, but we have a chief shepherd who is over his church. And he, he, he sustains his church. When the Lord Jesus makes promises, he keeps them. What did he say? I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Second of all, I want you to remember what God has called us to today. Remember what God has called us to today. We've been blessed, but the question I keep asking myself is, what will we do with these blessings? Because the Lord blesses churches for the sake of mission. Y'all understand that? I mean, our buildings, our staff, our facilities, all that we have, all that we do, everything that we're about is about furthering the mission that the Lord has given us. Don't y'all see it? Don't, don't y'all see that that's the core of who we are? What will we do with these blessings? Notice what Moses tells us in verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. We are called to an urgent work. We must remember our calling. Now, I, we're going to have it on the screen here for you. I want to remind you of what our mission is. This is our mission statement. First Baptist Church of Gadsden exists for the glory of God through worshiping the risen Christ in spirit and in truth, through living as a biblically shaped community of disciples, and through proclaiming the gospel so that others might worship Him. God's glory is the center of what we do. He owns the church. He runs the church by His Word and by His Spirit. We exist for the glory of God, through worshiping the risen Christ in spirit and in truth, through living as a biblically shaped community of disciples, and through proclaiming the gospel so that others might worship Him. Brothers and sisters, we have to be, we must be. It is necessary that we be relentlessly committed to our mission. This is what we're called to do. We are called ultimately. You kind of see the way this mission statement crescendos. Ultimately, we are called to proclaim the gospel so that others might worship Him. And the way that we proclaim the gospel the best is by being biblically shaped disciples and by being passionate worshipers and by living for the glory of God and that sustains the way that we proclaim the gospel so that when we go out and each one is trying to reach one in 2021 so that when we go out there people see a church that is alive and on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ people are drawn to the work of the gospel we can't become lax we can't forget we cannot abandon who we are. 
we're First Baptist, and we'll continue to be who we are. We've got a culture, and we love our culture, and we'll continue to honor our past. But our future will be embraced as long as we embrace the mission that God has given us. Because we are First Baptist, but more than anything else, we are the church. We belong to Jesus. We are called to do what the Lord has called us to do, and He has put us right here in Gadsden, Alabama. This is where He's put us. Right here in Gaza, Alabama, and right now during this time. And so we must step up to what God has called us, continue to step up to what God has called us to do and make sure that as the blessings of the Lord in so many different ways fall down on our church, we have to make sure that we're converting those dollars and that we're converting those people who are joining into the church and, and we're converting all these opportunities of influence and things like that. We want to convert that into fuel for our mission. We want to put everyone to work for the sake of the gospel. That's what we are. That's who we are. We're not a cruise ship. We're a battleship. Called to wage war on powers and principalities. Called to proclaim the gospel. My hope and my prayer is that's exactly what we'll be committed to this year. That as we reflect on God's kind providences and we think about the fact that we're here and we've been here since 1855, that we'll be committed to say we will continue by God's grace in this mission to which we're called. And finally, I hope you will, third of all, commit to God-centered ministry in the future. Commit to Christ-centered ministry in the future. What does Moses say? Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. There's only one reason we'll be here next Sunday and that's God's good pleasure. There's only one reason that I expect by God's grace, as long as I live that long, to preach on this Sunday next year and kick off another new year in 2022. And that's by God's good pleasure. The Lord is in control. We look back and we see His kindness and His providence and His intervening work in our midst and the work of His Spirit. And we think about the way that we're nearer Him than we were before. And we see the way that God has preserved us and done so many good things for us. And yet, what are we asking God to do? Establish the work of our hands. We talked about this a little bit last week. Like Paul says, he says, For this I toil, struggling with all of His power that He works within me, is what Paul says in Colossians. Do you see it? Do you see where we'll all be, where we all need to be in 2021? Committing to the work of the ministry as saints of God and asking the Lord to establish our work. That's my prayer for this year. Lord, establish the work of our hands. And implied in that is we got stuff to do, right? We've got work to do. We've got things to get after. We don't sit around and say, well, I wonder when the Lord's going to get started this year. No, no, no. We get after it. We press in on what God's called us to do. We don't sit here and, and just be happy about what's already happened. No, we look forward to the future. We embrace what God has for us. We take that mission and we work it out and it becomes sort of an identity for us. And, and when we talk about our identity here at the church, we talk about five different things. We believe, we worship, 
We love, we disciple, and we reach. We believe, we worship, we love, we disciple, and we reach. We, we cannot abandon our beliefs. We cannot abandon what the Scripture teaches. We stand on the Word of God and the Word of God alone. And we want to continue to grow in our knowledge and we want to continue to deepen our faith. We can't stop worshiping the Lord or the very rocks would cry out, the Bible says. And so one of the things I love about Nathan and what he's trying to help us see is that worship is more than singing songs. That singing songs on Sunday morning is an overflow of the worship that's happening during the week. And that's why we come in and passionately sing to the Lord. But worship is important because God is glorious. He deserves worship. What a fellowship of love we have. What, what, what a passion for loving one another and loving our community we see here. And, and listen, we're going to continue to grow in discipleship. That's one of the ways that Woody's pivoting in the new year. Is he's, he's really focusing. He's, he's, he's going to be freed up through some staff additions and some shifts around where he's going to really be able to focus on discipleship in ways that we've not had time for in the past. And so we look forward to trying to grow in Sunday school and establishing discipleship groups that we're going to call growth groups and really focusing on growing deeper as disciples even while we're shoring up the things we're already doing to grow as disciples. And I hope and pray, folks, that you'll see the hard work that Lydia's put in as we think about reaching out in this Reach Each One emphasis. I think so often we think about missions and then we think about evangelism. And one thing I think Lydia is trying to help us see through this emphasis is that they're one and the same. There's one church in the world and we're called to reach all people in all places. And we get to be a part of all that God is doing. And so you can pray for your neighbor and pray for the nations at the same time. And both are part of the work of us reaching out to others. That's our identity. That's who we are. And that's the sort of Christ centered ministry that we have to commit to let's take these resources and let's use them to reach gadsden for christ let's use them to see first baptist church continue to grow let's use them to make disciples of all nations let's pour ourselves out for the sake of the gospel i hope you will i hope i hope i hope we'll go there together i think we will because it's where we've been going all along you know i don't ask that question as much as i used to Will he find faith at First Baptist? I don't, I don't think about that as much as I used to think about it. But the more I think about it, the more I think I should. I, I think I should ask that question more than I do. Not because I'm worried, but precisely because I'm confident in what the Lord is doing here. Because the reality is, if we're going to thrive, if, if we're going to see God continue to move and continue to work among us, if we're going to meet our potential, and I still don't think we're there, if we're going to grow and see more people come to know Jesus and more people discipled and more people hearing the gospel preached and more people uh, serving the Lord through our church, if we're going to impact our city and our county and our state and our country and our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then my friends, it will always and only be because God has chosen by His good pleasure and His grace and in His providence to prosper the work of our hands, to establish all that it is that we've done. And so while I don't ask that question as much as I used to, I think that we ought to keep asking it so that we can always be reminded that it is the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus alone that's the center of this church. And as sweet as our traditions are, as beautiful as the fellowship is, 
and as glorious as the moments we all get to share together are, the reality is that the main thing that we're here to do is to know and to worship our glorious God through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to. And I love to think about the fact that God has been our help in ages past. And He and He alone is our hope in years to come. I want to offer an invitation this morning. And while it's not necessarily an invitation here to this altar, it's certainly an invitation for you to know and trust the Lord. So if you never put your trust in Him, and, and you say, well, I, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about this and praying about this, and I'd, I'd love to know the Lord Jesus. Then listen, I'd, I'd love for you uh, to do that today. If you'll turn from your sins in repentance and turn to God in faith through Jesus Christ, I believe you will be saved. You may need someone to pray with you or talk with you before you're ready to make that decision. After the service is over, I'd love to do that. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you this morning about what it means for you to be a member, I mean, for you to know the Lord Jesus. And second of all, second of all, you may be looking for a church home. And you may say, I'd, I'd like to be a member of First Baptist Church. I'd love to talk to you today after the service is over about what it means for you to be a member here at First Baptist Church. Finally, you may be a believer or already a member here, and you may say, Pastor, I, I need some time to pray um, that the Lord would move in my heart and move in our church. Why don't you take this time to do just that this morning? After this prayer, I want to invite you to do business with the Lord right where you are. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, our God, we thank you for Jesus thank you for his gospel and god we pray that you would establish the work of our hands it's in jesus name we pray amen